All right, welcome everybody to our latest Between the Races podcast on the MX Vice Network. Thank you everyone for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. We'd first like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, A Street Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, and of course, even Strokes for all their incredible support, as without them, none of this would be possible. All right, for this episode, we have a special interview with special guest, New Zealand rider Hamish Harwood, fresh off race in the AMA Pro Motocross at Washougal. How's life, mate? And thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's, it's going good. Uh, no worries. Nah, cheers, mate. Yeah, how was the weekend? And just sort of looked like uh, you're having good fun out there, mate. I obviously picked you in fantasy, so you got me some pretty good points there, mate, with the, you know, you're a great rider from the Aussie series here, mate. So just tell us a bit about how the plan came together, the thought process behind it, and who were the key figures in making it happen. Um, well, yeah, the, the I suppose the plan sort of come about with obviously we've seen it on social media um, with the whole two-stroke um, race. Um, and it was actually my mate Ryan who, you know, just sent me a um, – just fought it on to me and said, hey, man, we should do this. And then it was when we were at Toowoomba. Uh, racing over there and I was with my mechanic Carl who um, comes over and does that race with me um, and yeah we sort, of, we sort of thought should we do it like it'd, it'd be a good time and then we got a mate over that lives in Nevada um, Ben Kovic and so gave him a message and said hey you still, you still got your, two, your TC250 <laughs> um, and then he's like yeah man like, come grab it so it all started from there and then I was trying to work out my licensing and getting everything sorted and that was actually a real nightmare. I was surprised at how difficult that was, but we got it sorted and yeah, we made it to the race. Oh mate, so when did you arrive last week and sort of how many spins on the bike did you get before race time? Well, because it's such an unknown and I've only spent like a couple of days um, in the US before, we sort of didn't really have a plan like we were pretty typical like oh we'll sort it out when we get there and we'll we'll make it work so we flew in tuesday um and we flew into san fran and then drove to reno um in nevada and that's where the bike was and we picked the bike up and sort of did a bit of work on it um there at my mate um ben's place and we, yeah, we were trying to get on a track, but it's hard to know what's open and, you know, because you're obviously not a local, so you don't really know how it works. But we managed to, um, yeah, put the bike together and get up to a track called uh, Albany uh, Motocross and, um, yeah, put a um, couple settings on the bike that we thought would, you know, would try. And then that was pretty much it. Just did about all up maybe 20 minutes on the bike just sort of getting a feel for it trying a few different suspension settings just because it was just bone stock and we just brought over a couple of different springs and we just went uh two rates stiffer in the rear and then just full hard on the clickers and 165 psi in the forks and away you go Oh, that's so awesome, mate. Definitely sort of just privateer style, sort of dash for the cash almost, mate. And that was uh, obviously the two-stroke challenge, the race within a race thing was pretty cool, mate. So once you got to Washougal, did you ride press day? And uh, how was everyone sort of receiving you? Were they sort of wondering who you were? And you obviously would have got to catch up with Jed Beaton and you would have seen the Lawrence brothers and all these kind of guys. How, how was the reception for you, mate? And how was the vibe there? Because it looked like the fans were pumping, mate. Yeah, it was good. I, I think I was just known as the, the guy with the big tank. <laughs> I, 
because obviously no one really knew who I was. Um, well, not from my face anyway. So yeah, I heard a lot of comments about the dude with the big, the big enduro <laughs> tank. <laughs> but no, I was blown away with the support and the the fans that just love the two strokes. Like I, I always knew that the Americans love the two strokes, but man, they really do. And the, yeah, the support was awesome. Oh, mate, looked good. Looked like. And how did you find the track? Because it's always a tricky beast, you know, with those blind sections in the trees and the shade. Pretty slippery, pretty sketchy, sort of hard to find limits and balance. So how did you find it, mate? Obviously, in the races, you were pretty impressive making your way up steadily and not really falling back at all, even though you're on a two-stroke against those other guys. So how was the, each moto for you, and were you happy with how it went for you? Um, yeah, like I, I wasn't really happy with my riding. Um <laughs> I know I can ride better, but it's sort of it's always the case when you jump on, you know, someone else's bike and it's not the settings you normally run and you know, and also it's such a it's just a big experience and there's so much going on. But um I mean, yeah, I struggled with the short um qualifying sessions and I only found out that the first qualifying session actually was for time about I don't know, fifteen minutes before we, you know, went on track. Because I thought it was just a fifteen minute practice which was just a free practice and then your 15-minute time. But, um, yeah, I found out yeah, not long before I was on track that they actually both both counted. So, um, yeah, I definitely struggled with the – I mean, not riding press day was a bit of a bummer. I wasn't really too sure who to talk to and how to get onto that. Um, yep. And, yeah, we didn't make that happen. But, yeah, struggle with the lack of track time with such a, um, you know, like a big track. And a lot different to the New Zealand and Australian tracks, that's for sure. Um, but the motos didn't go too bad. I got what I thought for a two-stroke, pretty yeah. couple not bad starts. I was sort of mid-pack. And the first one, first moto, I really underestimated the heat. Um, yeah. Yeah, like I, I normally pride myself on um, fitness and I never really fade and, you know, don't get tired. But there's something about the heat like it just felt to me a lot worse than Appen was and Appen was 40 degrees mm. um yeah the, and, the butter in 40 degrees Appen wasn't it <laughs> yeah yeah but I, I I didn't really struggle too bad in Appen um yeah. I thought I, oh you know it's only sort of I don't know what it was mid to low 30s I was sort of thinking oh you know that, that'll be fine but don't know what it was maybe coming from the from winter in New Zealand that's maybe a bit more of a shock but yeah, it definitely caught me off guard. And I was talking to Jed about it as well, and he said the same thing. Like, it really, um, we both underestimated the heat. Well, you listened uh, to JT, you know, Jason Thomas, talking on his podcast, and he was saying, like, on the podium at 5 p.m., he was struggling. Like, the riders were clearly struggling, but him just being there, it was just a very demanding day for everyone. So you did well to get through it and finish both the races, mate, in such a unfamiliar environment and situation. But... Just looking at the races and some of the guys you were racing, what were the sort of key takeaways? Were you sort of always learning, looking for new lines, you know, maybe bouncing ideas off some guys? Because I suppose it's not every day you get to race guys like, you know, Lawrence Sexton, AP, Ferrandis, AC. It must have been such a cool experience being out there with them. Yeah, for sure. And, like, it was, it really was awesome, you know, being able to, you know, see them um, firsthand and see them see them on track and how they ride. It's, it's pretty unreal. But, um, yeah, it was just a shame I rode so tight in the first moto and then sort of overheated. Um, and then I was, I didn't want to be that guy that when, when the leaders come around, I just didn't want to hold anyone up and I was, I was way too courteous. Um, yeah. and oh man, like 
I felt like I, I had the, there was about three or four people that went past as they, I basically pulled over for them because I didn't want to hold the leaders up and yeah, I just didn't want to be that guy, but unfortunately it cost me quite a few positions, but you know, that's the way it is. And you know, when it comes next time, I'll probably just hold my line and keep, keep racing. And it was a shame in Moto2, I got, I got a good start. I, um, I think on the, the first split I was in 13th or 14th and then I, I ended up going down. It was, quite a decent crash and then yeah that was like on like the second turn um and so i come from dead last um and i was i was lucky there was a couple other pileups around the first lap um that i made up a couple positions but yeah just coming i rode heaps better but just coming from behind managed to get back to 22nd yeah i felt i rode lots lots better but the results don't really show when you're um when you're so far back yeah, absolutely. I was sort of watching you coming through the, the timesheets and, and those motos and just sort of monitoring where you're at. And did you get a bit of chat about the fantasy stuff, people wanting to pick you? Because that's obviously pretty big. No, actually, I, <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm not not familiar with all that, all that sort of thing. I just, yeah, no, that's I, yeah, try and stay off social media and all that sort of thing. I just like to, you know, turn up to the race, get it done, not really listen to much of that stuff. But um, it was just an awesome experience and the the fans around the, the track was just crazy like you'd just yeah you could just hear them just yelling and screaming for the two strokes every time you'd go past oh it's awesome mate and how were the fans were, were you sort of dividing it up you know obviously the lawrence brothers are big draw cards guys like sexton plessinger but how was the sort of deegan fanfare mate because all reports there it was absolutely nuts for him too yeah it was i mean I, we were because we're privateers we were out the back of the pits and um you know, didn't spend a lot of time in the track area sort of watching. We, I watched most of the 250 Moto 1, and, yeah, they, they just go mad. Yeah, they, they they definitely, the Americans love Deegan, that's for sure. Yeah, mate, um, absolutely. I was going to ask you, do you plan to do any more? Obviously, you've been picked for the Motocross Nations team for New Zealand. Do you, do you plan to do any more or maybe an MXGP around Madeley Base and a, a track you've been to before? Is that on your cards? Have you got anything planned or lined up or anything? No, I don't. This trip only basically come about just because, um, you know, I had my mate Ryan just say, hey, we should do this. And then we happen to have a bike over there and then we're sort of working it out. Like, And with, you know, I got a lot of commitments back home um, just with work and family and just, you know, just life in general. I just, to make the trip work, it was only going to be a, as short as possible trip hence why we sort of flew in got the bike ready drove to reno raced and now we're, we're about to fly up um so yeah i don't have any other trips planned we obviously got the last two rounds of the australian um, motocross and then the nations and that's that's sort of it yeah mate it's pretty pretty massive schedule and obviously you work full-time amongst that which just makes it all all the more amazing as a carpenter so you're pretty full on mate and obviously you're doing so well in the australian championship you're sixth uh, obviously with that davy motorsports support your riding's excellent mate like watching it for every round you know you deserve so much respect for what you're doing and managing the weekends and your life obviously you've got a family as well so how is it all how do you manage it you wouldn't have any spare time i'd imagine mate it just must be flat trap all the time but it's pretty cool you're seeing you know beating factory guys regularly and holding your own mate yeah it's, it's kind of cool like i i try not to take it for granted like to be able to battle with those guys and um yeah it i do have a, 
I got a busy schedule, but at the same time, I'm always busy. Like I'm never, you know, whether I'm working on my own house or building or writing or whatever it is, I've just, I, you know, I don't like to sit on the couch because when I'm sitting down on the couch, I just think, oh, man, I could be doing this. Or I should be doing that. Like I'm, I'm always a pretty busy person. Um, and at the same time, I, I enjoy racing and riding, but probably not as much as a lot of the other riders. So like, I the schedule that I've got is what I choose. Like I could probably take some extra days off work if I wanted to or needed to, but I choose not to because I prefer to only ride once or twice a week, and that for me is an. Um, you know, I've sort of found like a a good work life riding balance that um that I'm enjoying. Yeah, I was going to say, do any of the teams, if they offered you your chance to go, you know, full time live in Australia, or whatever, that probably wouldn't work for you. You're just happy on the program you're doing at the moment, mate. Yeah, yeah, I don't think. I mean, this stage of my career, I'm probably not going to make the big move to try and, you know, I don't know what you what you want to call it, like make it and you know, be on good money in motocross. Like I'm, you know, like I make good money building then i get you know bonuses from motocross and um yeah i just i enjoy it a lot more i used to put a lot more pressure on myself um a few years ago to like try and make some money and now i'm just i'm trying to enjoy it a lot more and just you know if there's any bonuses or whatever it is it's just literally a bonus like i get to do what i want to do and the bonus is on top yeah, absolutely, mate. And what does your sort of usual week look like? Just as an example, obviously you said you ride a couple of times. How much sort of gym work, cycling, and obviously spending time with the family? How how do you manage it all, mate? And sort of what are the what is the sort of breakdown of your time each week? Um, so it sort of varies depending on what time of the season and what's going on. But I, I try and I'll do whatever type of exercise in the morning. So I'll get up at around five ish either go to CrossFit, do a workout there, or I'll, I've got an air bike or a rowing machine at home, or I'll jump on one of them for a bit. And then I'm, depending on the job that we're at, we're, you know, on site either 7 or 7.30, um, smash out a day of work. And then I sort of like to get home at, you know, by, at, you know, 5.36 at latest, spend an hour with, um, with my now two-year-old boy and my wife, Katie, and, do a bit of family time and then um, he goes to bed at seven. I normally go back out, do, you know, like a little run or a air bike or something again. And then I try and get out for a ride each Wednesday afternoon. Um, that's normally like the, just the, the weekly ride that all um, us Kiwis do in Auckland anyway. And then apart from that, I like to try and ride one other day in the weekend um, sort of dedicate a day to riding and then another day to just family time and just um, like a chill out day. Yeah, it's impressive, mate, the results you get and the, yeah, proof that you're just happy with everything and you've found the perfect balance. Uh, just on your season in Australia, have you been happy with it? Obviously, you smashed it in the New Zealand champs, but have you been happy with the Australian series? Obviously, it's been a bit up and down. There's been a, a lot going on, a lot of issues with the track prep and obviously the weather and you know, there's been all sorts of stuff going on, mate. But overall, you must be pretty happy with the results and just talk us through, you know, some of the tracks and the most sort of challenging sort of ones you've found maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely not unhappy, but it's just it's frustrating for me with my results just because I just haven't um, had a good start yet. 
and I've just I've just been always coming from behind and it's just frustrating because I know I can do better um, even though you know from from where I'm at and the guys I'm racing I've got to be happy with the results because they're top level riders but I just know I've got potential to do better like if I do get a better start and ride properly I know I can can go better but um I mean I I know a lot of people have been saying that the track preps haven't been that good but I mean I don't reckon they've been too bad you know for what we're what you're dealing with like you can't control the weather yeah and yeah I don't know I I was a bit gutted with Gilman. I um I felt like I could have done much better there, but just yeah, just when the gates dropped, I just didn't perform, and it just that one really got to me. But I'm enjoying my time over there, and the Davies they're obviously awesome. They're such a cool team to ride for. They just it's just there's only positive vibes there, um, and it makes it enjoyable to go racing. Yeah, it's cool. Your mindset. It's sort of like you just focus on yourself. There's sort of no excuses. No sort of outside noise you just do your thing mate and you're obviously happy with it and it's working and just heading into the last two rounds at QMP and Coolum, mate is there one of those you prefer you're probably pretty excited for both because you seem to handle all the surfaces really well mate and yeah just tell us maybe a bit more about the Davy team and how much support they give you and there's a bit of collaboration with the team back home too isn't there yeah that's right so um yeah I'm you know obviously looking forward to doing the last two rounds um definitely going to prefer to do cool i'm just because probably the last year has been so damn wet in new zealand we've basically i'll probably rode 95 percent sand and it's just yeah I, I feel like that's i've been struggling with all the ruts and whatnot because i only ever ride deep ruts at the races and that's my only practice i get um so yeah i'm definitely looking forward to cool um i've done pretty well there in the past so you know hopefully get a good result there, especially because it's going to be the last time they're going to race there. Um, and as for the Davy team, yeah, they're just, just, it's just fun to ride for them just because um, they're just so relaxed and they're there because they enjoy it. They're not there to, um, you know, try and make some money or, or whatever. They're just there because they enjoy it. And it's just like a, it's a cool family environment. Like, I'll come in from a race and I'm not happy because of whatever happened. I'm like, oh, I rode like a dick, righty right. And Whitey's like, man, you're doing fine. Just, it's all good. It's all good. You're going good. But awesome. yeah, I know I can go get it. That's um, so cool, mate. And how, I was going to say, how many more years do you plan on, on racing the Australian series and obviously doing the NZ stuff and being eligible for the nations, this kind of thing? You got, got a few more years left in the tank, mate? Yeah, I got a few more years, but not many. Yeah. So I know I'll just take it as it comes and it depends. Like I'm if the support's there and the opportunity's there, I'll I'll come back and race. But um it's obviously a, it's a massive commitment for me to, you know, spend eight or ten weekends in, in Australia. Um, you know, and then there's the extra day off work I've got to take, you know, the Friday and the Monday I've got to take off. And it's just a big commitment. So if it if it works out and it's you know if it's not costing me money, I'll be um, I'll be coming back. But at the same time, I would n- enjoy doing a bit more American stuff um, if the opportunity is there. And if it's not, um, you know that's all good. But definitely looking forward to nations. Um, 
that should be good, especially I do find so the American fans, they are nuts, but they just don't compete with the Europeans, I don't reckon. When yeah, you... mate. At Erne, it's going to be absolutely ballistic with you know, the chainless chainsaws, the flares, the bonfires. It's going to be pretty wild, mate. And this is your yep. this will be your fifth nations, won't it, mate? Because you've obviously yep. ridden quite a few in the past. And, you know, with the team, are you sort of happy with that team of Cooper and Scott joining you? Obviously, I don't think guys like Connolly and Walsh and, you know, Purvis is obviously injured. Natchke's probably focusing on his stuff. Lots of talented New Zealand riders out there, mate. And obviously some younger prospects like Cole Davies and, and Ryan King, these kind of guys. There's a lot of talent coming out of New Zealand, but how excited are you for the nations? And how are the sort of the team and some of those guys? Because obviously, you know, it's probably not your strongest team you're sending, but it's still a great team. Yeah, so it's a, it's a tricky one, especially when you got guys like Connolly and that, that don't really... You know, they've got other things in their career that they're trying to focus on. So it's a shame because, you know, he's riding really good at the minute and, and so are some of the other guys. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think we've got a good team. Um, or the, the only thing I think we're going to struggle with is the race time. Like, um, I've been doing a bit of racing, but um, the other guys haven't. So as long as they, you know if they can turn up and perform like they've been doing a lot of racing, then it, then it's going to be good. But, you know, it's often hard when you've been doing no racing, all of a sudden you're in that atmosphere and you just pump up or you ride tight or whatever happens. So I think if we can get over that hurdle, I think we should do pretty good. Um, and I'm, I'm really keen for myself to get a good result because the past four nations I've done, each one's been a fail with a, um, you know, I just didn't gel with the bike or we had a first-turn crash or I think one of them I injured myself like the day before I was going to fly out, but we were too committed um, to go. So, I, you know, I just had to do it and just strap myself up. And, yeah, so I think if I have my own setup over there, which I, we've talked to the New Zealand, um, most like in New Zealand and the, the team managers about, like if I can just have a stock bike, we bring our own stuff over. It's a bike that I'm familiar with. Um, and I think we can get a good result. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And you've done Latvia, Madley Basin, the Italian one, and Redbud, haven't you, mate? So what were the sort of the standout moments and the key memories for you from those events? Um, probably the standout would be um, maybe Madley Basin when I, I got um, stuck in the – first turn of the it was only the b qualifier but i come from dead last back through to seventh i think it was um and there were some fast guys in there so um yeah there's been to be honest not a lot of highlights from hit nations just because there's always been there's always been something whether it's me just riding shit or <laughs> the bike not not necessarily the bike being bad but me not gelling with it and me just feeling really uncomfortable or yeah, crashes or whatever it is, there's always, yeah, we just haven't performed as well as we can and should have. So I'm keen uh, for this next one to, to be a good one. Yeah, mate, you'll have to uh, maybe, I know the Madley Basin rounds, I think two weeks before the Nations would be great to sort of get back there, mate. But even though it's probably financially not doable, but it'd just be cool, mate, to, to have a crack at that one, the last round of MXGP. But yeah, just sort of looking ahead, do you do you follow the AMA and MXGP really closely? Are you aware of all the all the gun riders and what's going on and which teams are going to be really strong? And 
you know, should should the USA, you know, go with Deegan, you know, AP and Sexton and the Aussie guys will probably have the Lawrence brothers and and Evans if he's if he's up to speed. There's a lot of other options for Australia. But do you follow it all closely, mate? You keep up to date? Yeah, I do. Yep. Yep. And in the past I've had sort of years where I wouldn't follow one of the series as closely, but um recently I, I have been. So yeah, it, it's good to watch. Um I was gutted when Hurlings hurt himself because that's sort of um as one of the main reasons why I'd watch the GPs. Um it's just so good to see him him race and what he can do. Um and I really hope he's healthy and jets on form and they can um have a good battle at Nations. I'm really keen to see that because um I mean Jet is just unbelievable. Like to actually see him in person and to see what he can do on the bike and how effortless it looks is just oh man, it is nuts to see. Um, then when when Hurlings is feeling good and when he hits his I don't know what you want to call it, beast mode sort of like Tomac, yeah. it's just it'd be good to see them battle it out, that's for sure. Yeah, well said, mate. It should be pretty awesome, obviously, with with yes, yeah, Sexton as well, Prado, you know, Fevra, Renogo, Siwa, Koldenoff, so many, so many massive guys will all be fighting it out for sort of glory. And what are your sort of the key takeaways from MXGP this year? I guess it's a good opportunity to ask you because that's sort of our focus at MX Vice. But there's just been so much going on in both classes. Obviously, Prado's got a pretty unassailable lead at this moment, but Fevra's won four straight. So the racing's great. And just watching Lobble on the weekend, another incredible race. The track looked absolutely savage, uh, especially for that last one. Really demanding, but yeah, there's so much going on in the MX2 title race between Yago and Adamo is going to be fascinating too, mate. Is there any sort of key things that you're keeping an eye on? Um, man, I reckon for me, it's just it's the guys that get the whole shots. It's it's the starts. It's the guys that can consistently get whole shots like Prado. He's out front. He's out of all the trouble, out of the shit, and he can just ride his own race. Um, and same, obviously, same with Jet. He just gets a good start, and if he doesn't, he's he's right there, makes a couple passes, and then he can just do his own thing. Where you got got yeah, I feel like that's probably one of the key things. And you got guys like Hurlings, um, who raw speed's pretty good, but man, I don't know, he just can't he can't start. Certainly not like Prado, and man, he makes it hard for himself. Yeah, even Fevre to a degree, he gets those bad starts quite often. They're like, or you know, mid-range starts, not hole shots. But he's him and him and Hurling sort of have that capacity to to charge through the field. But it is ideally not the way you want to do it, especially in that class. It's just they're all so fast and the intensity is so high, and they and they all have that staying power where there's not much drop off. So you really got to be on it to get those results. But back to you, mate. I just wanted to ask you. Obviously, we've got a lot of listeners from America and and Europe and that, obviously Australia. But just sort of talk us back through your journey. You know, as a junior, you know, the key steps in becoming a professional and sort of chasing your dream. And obviously, there's a cool little story I, I heard on a Moto Limited podcast about you spend a bit of time in Europe as well, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. So my, I mean, I don't know how far back you want to go, but we ba- I basically started racing, like me and my older brother, who was a couple of years older. Um, you know, we started racing when we were probably four and six. Um, nothing serious, but it was... Um, my old man just got us into it because he always loved bikes and wanted to sort of ride himself, but he never had the opportunity. So um, when he could, he got me and my brother into it and sort of a couple of his mates said, oh, we should, you should take your boys to a couple of club days here and there. And we did, and we got 
better and better and went further and further and then won a couple of um won a New Zealand junior title and a New Zealand uh Australian junior title and then um yeah spent that nine months in Europe when I was sixteen uh which was probably one of the best experiences I've had life and riding wise um I basically yeah we'd only talk to the guys over there um through email and then I just yeah I was sixteen jumped on a plane and went over there and just lived there for yeah it was nine months and um just had a ball and then come back and started the um that that was 2012 when I was in Europe and then um 2013 started doing the Australian series and did the under 19s um won that championship and then did New Zealand and Australia for the next six years after that um getting uh, second in the MX2 championship in two of those years. Um, but I feel like my whole career I've been um, the Mr. Consistent guy. I'm sort of always there, thereabouts, but I just don't quite have that raw speed that some of the other guys have. Um, I feel like I don't really have like a weakness in tracks or anything. I've, you know, I'm sort of, I'm just pretty good everywhere where I need, I need to figure out that raw speed um but at the same time i don't like feeling uncomfortable on the bike like if i'm not comfortable or i have a, a couple close moments um i'm not the kind of guy that'll just twist it and swing off it and risk my life absolutely i was going to ask yeah. you about the europe did you plan to stay a bit longer or and what sort of racing were you doing a bit in were you doing any you know british races dutch championships any of this kind of thing and where were you actually based and who were the riders you were racing against back then uh, so we, yeah, the plan was, I think, to only do, I think it was seven or eight months and we ended up staying a little bit longer. Um, but we were, it was, the team I was riding for, for was called Dirt, Dirt Bike Gym and it was a Kiwi dude called Rex. He sort of just, um, he run it and he just wanted to help Kiwis get over and experience Europe and then um, go from there. So it was a real cool opportunity. Um and the main racing that we were focused on was the British. Um, and I feel back then it was a lot higher competition. It was, there was a lot of GP guys that would do the whole British um, championship. And I sort of, I mean, the whole time I sort of struggled over there, but it was a good experience. I think one time, best result in the British was a 10th was overall in MX2. And then we did a trip down to Bulgaria and race the Junior Worlds. Um, I melted in the heat because I think one of the days it got to 47 degrees and it was just, <laughs> oh, I was like done before the gates even dropped. And then, um, yeah, so I got 10th of that. And then there was a couple other Belgium races that we were doing. Um, to be honest, I don't even know, just being a, a young kid racing there, I didn't even know what half of the, you know, most of them were in Dutch, so I don't even know what the championship or the, the race was but we were just, I was just there racing and then um I'd done three of the GPs I'd done um the Lerup GP in the sand which was that was hard work and then I'd done, done Medley Basin and the Tuchentol Germany one um and I was sort of sitting around that 20th just just outside top 20 position um but we had stock Hondas so and back then <laughs> my I, I did a 
that race I did it on um at the junior worlds I had a KDM 125 and I was I was a lot quicker on that and it was a bit that was quicker than me um, my two fifties back then. But no, it was a cool experience and um yeah, that was that. Oh, that's pretty awesome, mate. Just getting back to New Zealand motocross, how do you feel the state of play is there? Obviously, the, the talent production is pretty strong. There's a couple of kids, you know, obviously chancing their arms in America and coming to Australia. So it's pretty cool. Is there any sort of programs for youth development that's going on there, mate, as well? Um, I mean, the main guy that's going to be sort of um, doing something with motocross overseas at the minute is Cole Davies. He's He's exceptional. Um, so he did the futures, you know, didn't he? Supercross futures. Yeah, he did. Yep, yep. So he's got a lot of potential. I don't know. He just needs to work out, you know, the right path for them. Um, and apart from that, there's there's a couple guys in our, um, you know, like the KDM and Husqvarna team. Um, that I mean, they've got a lot of potential, but we'll just we'll just have to wait and see. Like I'm doing as much as I can to help um, the guys in my team. But, yeah, as for the New Zealand motocross, at, at the minute, the MX1 class isn't the strongest. Um, there's sort of me, Cody, and Max, and Max is injured at the minute. So it's um, I think we need a couple other guys come up from MX2 to sort of join that, join that class. Uh, most of the top Kiwi riders are overseas, whether it's, you know, Walsh, Brody, Natsuki, whoever it is, they're sort of... Yeah, all doing their own thing overseas. Yeah, is that the sort of advice you'd give to any youngsters if, if you get an opportunity to go to America, Australia, or Europe, just take it and kind of, kind of go as young as possible to sort of learn what it takes and what you need to do to be at the level of those other guys, isn't it? Just expose yourself to that competition. Yeah, I reckon it, it depends on how wealthy your family is. Yeah, though. like you can't just go, oh yeah, let's go to Europe or let let's go to let's go to America and spend however however much so i feel like aussie's a really good stepping stone because it's it's relatively easy to do it's pretty low cost and man, australian riders are bloody fast and the depth good so i mean I, I feel like you need to be winning australia or be right up front before you go um yeah, yeah. overseas yeah, it's a good point, mate. Like I was had an interview with Kai Woods, a young MX3 rider who you know of, and he said he was him and his family they raised sixteen grand for him to go to the Junior Worlds a few weeks ago, and yeah, he put in a pretty good stint. Obviously, the fuel cap came off in one of the motos, and he collapsed with the heat when he was running in third, I believe. And then Cannon did really well as well, another youngster that's on the rise. But yeah, like you said, mate, the costs astronomical, and you know a lot of the people you just can't do it off here click of the fingers and you get, you know, 16 grand. It takes a lot of effort for them to get there and to sort of chase that dream and to get an opportunity. But, yeah, it's it's impressive, mate. It's definitely all in the motocross, isn't it? If any kids, I suppose, from New Zealand and Australia, if they're going to have a crack, they, they kind of are all in, mate. they got that extra motivation because there's kind of going back's a long way and there's sort of not just another opportunity around the corner, is there? No, that's right. And I feel like a lot of the riders that actually are su- successful, they don't come from much and they got to work hard and they don't have the luxury of um, just giving up in a race because they've, you know, they've put so much on the line um, to get to where they're at. And, you know, if they want to make it, they kind of put everything into it. So, yeah, I feel like I reckon Deegan is an exception where he's come from everything, Mm. but he still has the drive and motivation and hunger to win, which is, it's cool to see because 
most people that have you know come from where he's come from would probably when it gets a bit tough and a bit hard they'll probably just give up and say ah don't need to do this i'll just carry on with my youtube channel whatever yeah it's a good point mate obviously another guy liam everts who's you know following in two lots of footsteps is he's doing really well in mx2 this year impressing you know raising a lot of eyebrows and i had an interview with him and he was kind of like a no excuses you know the burdens there with with the family name but i just got to get on with it and keep doing my thing which is yeah like you said a unique mindset from you know a kid that would have had everything all the best bikes all the best gear but yeah they still instilled that mindset into him to, to be a charger and to sort of not give up which is really awesome mate and growing up um in new zealand who were your sort of idols you had the guys like coppins townley the kings were they the sort of guys you were looking towards or and were you mainly focused on watching the AMA or the European stuff? Um, I mean, to be honest, growing up racing motorbikes, I was never a massive motorbike fan. Like I wouldn't like I enjoyed racing myself and I'd, you know, follow a few things, but not in depth like a lot of other um people like kids my age would. Um until I went to Europe and then I probably after that followed more of the European than the AMA. Yeah, I don't know. It's a hard one. The lot going on. But yeah, no, that's cool, mate. But yeah, just a couple more before I let you go because you obviously got to catch a flight, mate. Have you managed to do a couple of tourist things, a bit of sightseeing while you're in America? And what are the plans when you get back? Just straight back to the day job and training in preparation for these last two rounds in the nations, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, that, that's it. Um, yeah, we really have not been able to do any touristy stuff um over here it's just been it's been go 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 um and if i were to do something different it would be give ourselves a little bit more time um to get stuff done because we've just been having late nights and early mornings and driving and i mean we've just been flat out um and now it's sort of the same like we just um finished up with the bike last night and gave it back to um, my mate ben um as um good as we could give it back to him and then yeah we just drove here to san fran and we're just yeah we've literally it's probably the only spare time we've had and it's about three hours we've got to look around san fran before we fly out and then we um we, we fly back in at i think it's 3 p.m wednesday into new zealand into auckland so then yeah i'll just be be back on site first thing thursday you're a machine mate absolute machine <laughs> no, <laughs> no it's good like i got I'm really lucky with the guy that I work for, um, Dan from Rukon. He he sponsors the team I ride for in New Zealand, and he basically lets me, you know, do whatever I like. And so, yeah, he he's super supportive of the racing, and he used to be an athlete himself, um, so he sort of understands, and that's sort of the deal we got. But at the same time, I'm sort of I'm, I'm the site manager and a foreman on site, so I've also got to be there to keep the job running but it's a good it's a good setup i got and yeah i wouldn't change it that's ah, awesome i uh, got that respect for what you're doing having done it himself so that's pretty awesome mate and before we let you go just want to give you a chance to say yeah thanks to any of the people you'd like to shout out to for making it possible and just for making your racing possible as well and yeah i know the fans uh i'm sure they've been giving you plenty of messages support as well to spur you on a bit more as well yeah uh so i oh, just massive thanks to um Carl, my mechanic, uh, who runs the CML uh, racing team in New Zealand, he organised a lot of parts and a lot of um, gear and everything for, for me to come over and do this trip. And also a massive thanks to uh, Ryan, who actually suggested about the trip and 
uh, I actually used to work for him for about seven years um, building, uh, and he he came over and you know he was on the tools and working on the bike, and sort of it was me, Ryan, and my old man um, that come over. So massive thanks to him, um, and obviously yeah, my dad for coming over and um, helping us out, and just yeah, obviously the fans at the race. That's just. It really was crazy. Like I've never really had so much support from people just that would love in the two stroke. It was it was awesome. Yep. No, oh, awesome, mate. Thanks for taking the time to chat to us and share the story. It's certainly an incredible one. I'm sure the fans will love it. Before I let you go, I'd just like to thank the sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts of Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbies, ASC Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, and obviously even Strokes. For all their supporters, without them, none of this would be possible. All right, mate, thanks again for taking the time and your busy schedule and all the best for everything, and I look forward to catching up soon. Yep, no worries. Thanks for having us on. Bloody good. Yeah, cheers, mate. It was a rip. Yeah, all the best.